Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of We Are These Guys Now. My name is Kenneth. You can follow me on Instagram at underscore Mr. Doc Clark. And my name is Ben, and you can follow me on all the socials at BenMuller915. You can also follow our We Are These Guys Now page at We Are These Guys Now on Instagram. Check out the website, WeAreTheseGuysNow.com, some of our merch. We had some of it come in for Christmas. That stuff is looking clean. Mm-hmm. Clean and comfortable. So many thank well, big thanks to everyone who's ordered any and just you know been supportive. It's a great way to end the year, and we have an even better way to start 2021 with this podcast today. (laughs) It's another one. We got another guest. You guys loved the last one Uh, when we had uh, what was it? We had Lauren on the last one Mm -hmm. for the fire emoji. Uh, Quasia came on for the BLM discussion. That one almost became our most listened to podcast. So we're doing it again because you know why? 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 Why not do stuff that's already working, right? We and talk enough, anyways, dude. We talk enough, anyways. Let somebody else come on here and talk. Mm-hmm. So today we are in the presence, in the. Uh, light and flame that is two incredible human beings. Uh, longtime friend, journalist, author, takes a whole ton of pictures and posts them on Instagram. <laughs> and just all around great person, Noel. Please introduce yourself, plug your social media. Ah, that was such a nice intro, Kenneth. Thank you. <laughs> I'm young, yeah, super excited to be here. I currently live in New York City. I'm a reporter, Cali made, New York City paid. You guys can follow me on all social media at Noelle D. Lily. And um, yeah, I, I write books. I write a lot. If you follow my Instagram about books and movies and pop culture, I'm super passionate about feminism, pan Africanism, and all that. So I, I'm super excited for, to, for this conversation today. Thank you so much for joining us, and I would be remiss to not talk about the doctor in the house. Ooh. I'm going to say doctor. She might not agree, but I'm going to say doctor. She's doctor. Oh, the incredible family friend, an amazing cook. I'm going to say it again, amazing if you haven't had her cookies, they are literal crack. Wait, are those the chocolate chip cookies that you brought yes, home? They yes, Dude. they are. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. See, I didn't tell you that until we started here because I knew that was the reaction. <laughs> those things were nuts. Those things are incredible, bro. This is an official plug for Keisha cookies. Incredible, incredible human being. Amazingly smart. So kind. Keisha, please introduce yourself to the people. My name is Lakeisha Coulter. I'm a physician assistant here in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm just a regular schmegular degular girl, as Cardi B would say. And <laughs> I, um, you know, just am excited to, to have been invited and to have this conversation. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys for having me. Awesome. Thank you both so much. Today's topic of conversation, just to give everybody some background, for those of you who are listening, uh, we are in, you know, not even arguably, the most uh, progressive era of time. We are constantly moving. We have people constantly addressing different uh, 
inequalities, different issues, social, um, you know, gender-based, sex-based, race-based. It's literally everything is being brought out into the open and addressed, and people are being forced to deal with the things of the past that have not always treated everyone fairly. On today's uh, podcast, we're addressing a video that I actually found. I saw uh, it was a group of women that had been surveyed, and the survey said that 70% of women did not feel protected by men. The people on that podcast then went on to say, this is so sad, this is a tragedy, this is something that should not be happening, that women should always feel protected by men. And I was interested, to say the least, because I would like to, you know, understand if this is a consistent viewpoint, a constant expectation. And so we invited some of the most independent women that I know, most strong-willed, incredible people that I know, to come on and speak in regards to and, you know, help us figure it out. Because two guys sitting here on a podcast telling women how they should feel would not go over well. (laughs) That'd be a pretty rough, that'd be a hard sell. So we're going to just jump right into it. If everybody's ready, we're just going to start with the first question. And whoever wants to hop in and answer, it's do men protect women? So do men actively in society right now behave in a way that would show that they have some sort of drive or, you know, just watching their behavior to protect women? Well, I think that's <laughs> I was girl. I was like, that's a lot. Right, right. Um, Loaded it's a question. Very broad stroke question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think most of this conversation will really be about um, pulling out the intricacies or the the parts about our individual perspectives and experiences that'll shape the conversation. So okay, do men protect women as as a group? Like, who is this woman that's being protected? You know what I mean? Like, what, is, <laughs> what are the circumstances under which she's requiring protection? You know, right. is this is she being protected by a stranger or from a stranger? Are we talking about men that she that she knows and that she loves or, you know, I guess a for instance and or an example would be helpful for me. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think that um, I mean, I don't necessarily feel that women inherently need protection from men. I think that. I, when I think of men protecting women, I think of more men respecting women. But I mm. think that Keisha makes a really good point that there's a lot of different ways that that protection might show up or might manifest itself. Um, but I think just in, in a broad speaking sense, I don't think that we live in a culture where men are taught to protect and respect women. So, you know, broadly in broad strokes, broad strokes, I would say no. And that's completely fair. I mean, in all honesty, from my own perspective, I completely agree. I do not think that there is an active behavior or sense of urgency or even a thought to thinking about protecting anybody in my mind. Like, I leave the house at, you know, 6'2", 300-pound black man. I don't feel obligated to protect a single soul. Like, if I see somebody just getting mollywopped on the side of the road, 
I I don't feel that just because I'm a larger person, I'm supposed to step in and protect you. That's not my job. That's the police's job. I'm going to call the cops. And if somebody looks at me all sour and like, why didn't you help me? Well, you shouldn't have been. I don't know what you did. I don't know why uh-uh. you're getting beat, but I'm not here to do that. Savage. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think, I think <laughs> that that's kind of the general consensus, especially with this move, like you said, to be more progressive. And, and so somehow it got misconstrued that because women wanted to be respected that they, you know what I mean? That, right, that kind right. of yeah. took away That's from, what I was going to say, yeah. yeah. So I just, eh, do they protect women? No, not as a, <laughs> not as an overarching theme. The, the answer is no. Now, when, when you talk about within the confines of like, a, a community so I know you to be an amazing brother and so my thing is if anybody lays a hand on either one of your sisters you get what I'm it's saying like that's sight. a completely yeah. different exactly I, I, it's I a take completely all the smoke. different approach thank you and so that I think I always and I don't know whether right or wrong but I always kind of as my perspective is as a black woman you know what I mean and so when mm-hmm. I'm thinking about do our men protect us and I hate to be exclusive like that but that's just kind of how it can it comes to me it comes to mind um and so that's when you kind of say okay well in certain instances or uh, there's always (laughs) there's obviously going to be um you know instances like you said like that's not my problem that's not my fight yeah that's not my job (laughs) Um, I don't know but I think there's a little more leniency when you start kind of dividing into individual communities Mm, okay so in the smaller demographics just mm-hmm. because there may be less there's there's gonna be less strangers there's there's mm-hmm. more there's more of a connection more of a connection builds up more of an expectation for protection is that where mm-hmm. okay that makes sense and you also both brought up another good point where it kind of sounds like the idea of respect and protection kind of became like a mess like it kind of like got real convoluted and mm-hmm. people were people were confusing being a physical protector with just like you know letting somebody talk in a meeting <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that's I, I mean I don't I don't know am, am I wrong is that not the same like form of protection like you know when you know one of your colleagues tries to speak up in a meeting and they start getting overshadowed by some guy in the back and she's like no 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 right. she, she was talking like let her let her finish what she was saying yeah right. i think kenneth when you first like told me the topic of of this episode the first thing that came to my mind is if a woman is in a space by herself and she's being catcalled by a man or if i go into a bar and i'm being really bothered and pressed by a man there are there other men who observe and see and are they going to step in on my behalf because they can tell that i feel unsafe or they can tell that i'm in a position that could be dangerous and so i I think that that is more of what women are speaking to when they say that they feel unprotected and I think that that ties into respecting women because you know when you live in a, a society that is patriarchal and is structured um, and is structured to put women in positions that are dangerous and harmful to them then I think you see uh, a lot of that a lot of those instances happening and so that's where I think the 
kind of confusion comes in it become, comes in with protection versus respect because i think protection seems to imply that the person doing the protecting the protector is going to have to put himself in harm's way or put mm -hmm. himself in danger when really it could just be interjecting it could just be being a helpful bystander it could just be like you said speaking up in a meeting when you see your female colleague being interrupted so i don't i think the the confusion comes from men when they're taking maybe the idea mm -hmm. of protection too literally and not looking at the everyday instances where women are in positions where they may need support. Hmm. I like that response. Um, I think that's something that, that's important to focus on is that when you mentioned if, if, a, if a woman's in a room with a man, it's just them, the, the dynamic is different. I think that's something that needs to be discussed is because there's a difference between men and women where there's an inherent danger when a woman's being catcalled that could be like they could be in physical danger compared to like when a man's being catcalled which obviously happens way less but there isn't that that danger aspect to it like that physical harm aspect which is which is i think like an interesting dynamic to this entire conversation hmm. yeah no it's definitely big and it actually perfectly leads into the next part of that question it's the same question but different meaning do men protect women or is this more of an individual type of responsibility what i mean by that is this is this the expectation where for example if you're at a bar just like the the circumstance you brought up if you're at a bar and uh you know some guy is making you feel really uncomfortable and you're just out not with you know any friends no connections is the expectation that someone else is going to notice and step in or is that more of like a preferred circumstance because like if i'm getting like jumped on the side of the road and like someone's like really like I'm just saying, like, if someone's, like, dogging me, like, you know, I walk past the wrong Kraken one day, and they just go off on me, I would be, I'd be happy to have somebody interject and help me, like, be okay, <laughs> but I also wouldn't expect somebody to come and, like, help me fight this Kraken, if that makes sense. I mean, I'd help you out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, but, I would help yeah. you as well, Kenneth. If I like, saw, you're, I would you're do my what friends. I could. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would expect yeah. my friends to. But like a, but like I'm saying, like a stranger. Like I'm walking through the park, and I'm getting yeah. jumped. I I would like somebody to help me, but I don't yeah. expect them to. My I question mean, is, is it expected? So. I would hope. I I don't I don't know if it's expected. I think that's part of the problem. Like we live. You know, in, in a really in a country, I think that is, you know, so focused on the individual and like individual yeah. well-being, well-being that I think there is a lack of a sense of community. And like Keisha brought up earlier that maybe on a more micro level, like in the black community or in the queer community, you perhaps see more of that. But mm -hmm. um, I, I think that that's part of the problem that people don't feel a need to look out for their neighbors or to help other people if they see them in a vulnerable position. And we're kind of taught that like, only those in your intimate circle are the people who you are responsible for. And sometimes not even that. Mm. I like that that sense of that sense of community and not just yeah well I'm friends with him so I'm open to fight it but if I don't know that person 
then I'm not going to. But what's the, the only difference is that you have met this person. You've spent time with this specific human, but there's another human that is in danger that needs your help. But you're not going to because you just so happen to not ha- you you don't know them, and you lose right. that sense of you lose that sense of community. I think I think that's a great point. The the sense of the individual that is perpetuated specifically in our in our society, and it's every man for themselves. Everyone's in the rat race, and everyone's trying to get to yes, the top and stepping yes. and stepping on people for whatever yes. the reason may be, mm-hmm. and you ignore. And I think it causes a lot of problems in our society when it comes to this stepping on each other and the lack of community which which brings to one of my questions is so all of these situations that we have mentioned either when it's protection you know somebody you know kenny's getting molly whopped or <laughs> someone's feeling <laughs> someone's feeling uncomfortable in a bar because someone's making them feel uncomfortable you know regardless of the gender when kenny and i first discussed this topic a light bulb went off in my head and was like wait a minute, why are we talking about protection and how to handle this situation? Why don't we try to nip the behavior that's causing this issue in the butt in the first place instead of, mm-hmm. instead of focusing on who is supposed to protect and step in and, mm-hmm. and, and, and fix this situation? Why don't we stop said behavior that is causing this problem? So my question for you two is how do we get to that Point. How do we educate or change the morals or of society or, or have some sort of seismic shift where these behaviors that are making people uncomfortable, putting them in danger, causing serious harm, aren't, aren't happening? We doing magic wands? Yeah. Right. Magic wands. <laughs> it's on back order. Ma- yeah. <laughs> Ma- magic wand. You have it in your hand. You can do anything that you need to to accomplish this goal. What, do you, what are you doing to educate and prevent this behavior moving forward that makes people feel that they need protection or that the protectors, you know, vice versa, that they feel like they need to protect somebody for some weird reason. <laughs> Have you not listened to We Are These Guys now? This is all we do. <laughs> big, 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 big magic wand, guys. Big magic wand, guys. I mean, yeah, I think... No, you go ahead. You go ahead. No, 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 Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, I think that, yeah, if, you, if we could get to the root of the issue, then, yeah, that would, like, magically solve everything, you know? Like, if we can get to the root of, like, toxic masculinity, if we can get to the root of sexism and, you know, of, of the patriarchy, and I think that's kind of what the the movements we see nowadays are really about, are about, are targeting the root causes, but I think in the meantime, talking about protecting each other and respecting each other is like harm reduction, you know? So we're working toward getting to the root of that issue, teaching the next generation of boys and girls um, and, you know, non-gender conforming people how they should treat each other. But in the meantime, until we solve those issues, there is still this problem um, that can be, you know, we can reduce harm if we learn more and try to protect each other. I agree. I feel like it's kind of like an each one reach one thing. And I know we're focusing on whether or not women feel, you know, protected. But like she was saying, if just a human being is in a vulnerable position and you have the capability to help, then 
we need to get to a point where that's an eight. You know what I mean? Like, you need me, and so I got you kind of thing. And I know that sounds real utopian. Like, is that realistic? I don't know. But that's what it needs to be in order for all of us to feel safe. Because like you said, who are we? Who is there to be protected from if everybody, you know what I mean, is doing their part to make sure we're all safe? That kind mm -hmm. of thing. I like that. The, you, the, you know, if you can, then do. Like if you right. are able to assist somebody, you have the resources, you have the capability, you know, it's like holding the door open for someone. It's not that big of a deal, but like you're already at the door. So just hold it for like two more seconds. It's right. the, the, the little things that would uh, create larger behaviors that would kind of build this community, like you're saying. Right. It's, and I think because it's not like the status quo right now, we do kind of get out of out of habit you know of doing it and then we kind of overpraise those that do <laughs> you know what i mean oh, and so it feels like this like miraculous thing like wow you held the door for me but it should just be you know what i mean thank you and, and we keep right. it moving kind of the thing. bar is so low on human decency it, right the now, bar is right? on the floor that's what it is <laughs> oh my god yeah, it's the bar's <laughs> on the floor Charlie, you, kicking it it's around floor. okay <laughs> it's ridiculous i literally so i and this is kind of off topic but that's when I realized, this is when I realized like how low the bar is for like people in general. I uh, took this girl out on a date and like, we just went to like zoo lights and she was like, I'm just so glad that like you want to do stuff and not just like Netflix and chill. And I was like, are you mm -hmm. kidding me? Why in the world would I bring you to my house? I don't know you. That sounds like a terrible idea. Oh, but like, episode, yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. We'll have we'll have you back yeah. if that's the case. Oh, psych. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Air out some dudes' dirty laundry. This is <laughs> ridiculous. I got stories, then. But but yeah, I just think, like she said, a magic wand would be ideal. But but we don't have that, so we have to look at what small changes we can make to kind of have this like ripple effect. Because when you think about it, this. This patriarchal thing that has developed has been a trickle down you know what i mean like it's just kind of pervasive in our society now but i don't i don't know if that can be undone to be so to explain the magic wand a little bit better the the magic wand is pretty much a way of saying you have unlimited resources you have unlimited access to whatever tools you need what would you do in that situation to you know build to that utopia that you were talking about earlier. Like what's what's the first wand. step? I need is a it a time machine? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause this is like ingrained yes. in yes. our society. Like yes. you get... Oh wow. We'd have to start yeah. over. We would legitimately have to scrap everything and just start That's from the I'm beginning. Because it's structural. It's not just there like behavioral mm -hmm. and just oh the way people people just don't feel like right. it. Like it's literally built systematically mm -hmm. in... to put certain mm -hmm. people at the bottom. Preach. It sounds like you would vote for us for president. Uh, have you heard our campaign slogan? <laughs> not, not as uh, appealing as you would you would mm -hmm. think, but uh, yeah, we're, we're we're running in twenty twenty four. Yeah, gotcha. under under the slogan, nothing matters, aka burn it all down and try again. Yes, that is. Uh, At this point. Yeah, sixteen years. We're thinking about it. Sixteen years worth of Ken and Ben presidency sounds about right. Yeah, because we can go, we can go eight and eight. Exactly. Damn near two just, decades of, of rule by two dudes. Yep. Nobody's no thought of it before. It. I don't know why nobody's thought of this. Right. You just well, get two, two, three question. guys, you can be president for forever. 
You just, keep, <laughs> you just keep cycling through them. Well, I like I like the the dismantling uh, idea. Um, yeah, it's that's really hard. Um, I think. Yeah. But but I think if you look at I can't remember who I was talking to. I was talking to somebody recently. But if you look at um, politics, business, um, I guess society as a whole. But but things that we oftentimes look as as autonomous. Um, as this own being that 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 isn't human and it's it's this this either machine or because we we use phrases like that to to describe businesses or the politics the machine so, mm-hmm. something that isn't human all it is is humans making decisions so this uh, like coronavirus stimulus bill that's been being talked about for the last three four weeks that they can't seem they finally pushed it across but we're getting six hundred dollars and there's you know it, it's a complete mess. None of that happens without people, humans, making specific decisions. And then once they're implemented, the actions that need to take place to disperse the funds to, to, to everyone, it needs to be done by humans. So it really is not a machine. It's just humans making decisions, millions and billions of individual decisions that then result in this system that you're mentioning that we would like to tear down and dismantle. So it's aggressive to say we want to tear it down and start anew, but it's really not. And I think, like as a society, we need to we need to realize that it's not that aggressive because all it is is other humans. That's it. It's not this you know massive fortress that we need to blow up or or, right. or structurally change. It's all we just need to change perceptions of of individual yeah. people, which I think starts. So you have the 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 grand example of dismantling it as a whole, but I think it starts with how you mentioned is forming communities that care about each other and instead of a trickle down effect that you mentioned previously there's a trickle up effect of people caring about one another sure sure or we have a lot of communities at war or there's that man i mean i mean if we're being honest gangs are created to protect their communities well it's yeah i guess it's you get the tribal nature of it there's, there's, yeah. I mean, you can have that that discussion of the tribalism, tribalisms, and the and the clashing of tribes and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, and and it was it was it was done literally out of wanting to protect the people that they cared about. It wasn't done with ill intent. It was just, hey, if these people are going to be armed against us, we need to arm ourselves to protect the ones we love. It's kind of scary, but you kind of look at our society just being America. We're too big. Like, we're way too big for this sense of overarching community. It'd be great. And ideally, this all sounds amazing. But it, like, just like you were talking about, like, tearing it all down would be the perfect answer. But there also is, like, an educational value of just teaching people that not to do this performatively. Because you have a lot of people who are trying to air quotes protect others on a more performative basis they're not actually meaning it they just want to be seen doing something they think is right yeah the social media clout mm. yeah, oh yeah mm-hmm. that virtue signaling is terrifying yeah i saw um a tweet today that i i shared on my instagram story that was saying you know men are all about respecting women as kind of a gimmick and kind of like like to get clout as, as you're describing, but only that only applies to women like in their immediate families, women they're attracted to, women they're dating. But as soon as you bring in 
women who are not conventionally attractive, women who are not seen as worthy or valuable, a lot of that goes away. Mm. Yeah, it's performative. It's that I want to be Prince Charming in this situation. I want to pretend it's it is literally an end goal because you know for those people it's you know well obviously i'm going to protect my family that's what i'm supposed to do they expect that of me and then obviously i'm going to protect this really hot girl because like maybe she's going to be into me after (laughs) that's it it's the performance of the of the beast it's it's terrible the way that everyone's thinking about it and not even everyone it's just this it's the overwhelming majority of people there's not enough people who are thinking in this positive light of you should just protect others and i i'm gonna be honest i fall into something in return too Mm -hmm. like you mentioned like the reciprocal nature of it and i think Mm -hmm. that's kind of like the whole nice guy syndrome thing to where yes 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 you know what i'm talking (laughs) about yes where a guy is really nice to you and does all of these different things, but it always has a motivation behind it, or it's it's only done with the intent to get something in return. And once that is not fulfilled or that doesn't happen, then Next. all of that niceness disappears. Those covert yeah. contracts. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Check out that book if you haven't read it before. <laughs> Plus. Um, but yeah, I was, that's what I was talking about as far as like motivation, like what, why, why are you doing what you're doing? And the fact that we have to even consider that, you know what I mean? When we're talking about being, just being genuinely nice to people, the fact that I have to consider your motives for being nice to me is Mm -hmm. like, that's terrible. Like (laughs) that shouldn't be the case, you know? Um, but yeah, you hit the nail right on the head. I had, um, when I was thinking about this earlier, just thinking about that good guy, bad guy, you know, dynamic kind of thing. And I was like, yes. <laughs> hey, it, it makes perfect sense. I mean, it kind of sucks to say, but it's a realization I'm slowly coming to. I don't care enough at all. At all. At, I mean, at all. If I'm walking down the road, I have my headphones on, I'm going to accomplish my goal, and I'm out of everybody's hair. I see that as I'm not hurting anybody. So then I'm doing a good job. I'm out of everybody's way. That also means, like I said earlier, if someone's getting jumped on the side of the road, just getting dropped, drop kicked, elbow dropped from the top rope, WrestleMania style, I'm going to keep walking. It's not like, it's not like I need to help. I don't find, I don't have a need, a genuine care or concern enough for people that aren't like just like we said earlier like my mom and my siblings or like and that's what I'm, my close friends i think that goes back to your original question where you were saying do do men overall you know behave in a way to actively protect women not harming women or not harming humans as we've kind of dissolved into now um mm-hmm. isn't just not harming them like protecting yeah. them doesn't yeah. mean you're just not hurting them does that make sense yeah right yeah okay so it's like you can't you can't just take a step back and then we kind of check the box like I'm you know I'm protecting them you're not not really you know you're just not hurting anybody (laughs) that's bare minimum like that's like that's doing nothing basically (laughs) no you're right you're right that's that's exactly what it is I'm weak (laughs) yes oh no I'm not even gonna disagree with you I'm doing absolutely nothing it's it's not even like out of laziness it or 
it, it is truly out of a lack of concern. It is the fact of the matter that I will call the police. I'm going to call the police. They're going to arrive at some point on the scene to do their job. I have a greater concern of myself than I ever would in a situation where a stranger is involved. That also, unfortunately, is as I'm learning to, you know, have these conversations and learn about myself, that leaks into a lot of life where mm-hmm. like the the um, the boardroom situation that we were talking about earlier. If somebody's talking and then somebody else starts talking, as long as they're not talking over me, I'm not going to say, hey, they were talking. It's not it's not innate for me. It's not automatic. It is something that is just like I'm, you know, OK, they finished. Oh, you were you were talking, but you're not going to let them talk. It's an unfortunate circumstance. But now I'm like trying to have this. I'm trying to learn, like, should I be doing that? Should I be like championing for people who might not have as strong of a voice? And that's that's the scary, not scary. Yeah, part, but I mean, you have to tiptoe there, right. too, because then you'll have women that or women or men or whoever y'all. Yeah. you try to kind of step in for you know can you imagine being in that boardroom and she's getting talked over and you're like hey you know scott or whoever you know she's trying to she's trying to say something and she's like i don't need you to say anything and so now you involved you know what i mean yep with now her it's a problem she fussing at you and you was just trying to help you get into those types of situations because everybody no like you said is not expecting for someone else to kind of come to the rescue yes yeah I think there's a way to be an ally without speaking over people. And that is a delicate Mm -hmm. line to walk. And I Mm -hmm. think it's about like, if you have a position of privilege, which Kenneth, as a man, you do over a woman, then I think that you can use that privilege in a way that empowers the person who maybe is in a precarious situation, right? And we all operate in spaces of privilege, and some of us also operate in spaces of being marginalized. So as a Black woman, I, you know, am Black, so... I'm marginalized through that. I'm a woman, so I'm marginalized through that. But I'm an able-bodied person, so that's a a position of privilege that I have over individuals who have disabilities. And so I can use that privilege in a way that then empowers them to speak up for themselves and to champion themselves as opposed to speaking over them. And I think a perfect example we saw like over the summer with the Black Lives Matter movement really seeing a resurgence and we saw white people trying to act as allies and there was a lot of discussion about how to be an ally that doesn't center your own opinion, that doesn't mm-hmm. speak over the black people that you're advocating on behalf of who you think you're, you're doing help to but you're really creating mm-hmm. more harm. So I think that that's kind of just the line to walk but I think any person in a position of privilege should be using that to do good for other people who don't have that same privilege Mm -hmm. it's just that fear of you know being having it being taken as you know uh you know oh you thought you needed to come protect me like no i didn't think i needed to i just wanted to you know help out because it sound it seemed like things were kind of getting out of hand whereas if i hadn't stepped in at all things would have just taken their course and then I'm not potentially getting fussed at for sticking my nose in something I didn't have my nose in before. It's like, I, the, is the expectation that I risk the negative to potentially create a positive? 
for me personally. Mm-hmm. Why not ask? Why yeah. not ask? I don't. For me personally, in the way that my conscience works, I would much <laughs> rather address the person mm-hmm. that is then coming at me for me trying to help in some sort of way and then addressing that situation and not you know not claim some sort of moral superiority by being like well i was i was just trying to help and then you know start another problem but me personally like you said can if you don't say anything then things just run their course and nothing really shifts but if i just the way that my conscience works if i what if i didn't say anything it would bother me more than if i were <laughs> yeah. to say something and then oh then i'm i'm yeah. taking flack as this person you know feels that they don't need that I don't need to stand up for them which is fine and then I can have that conversation and work through that with that person compared to not saying anything at all because mm-hmm. then nothing changes uh, and, and 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 that's assuming that they don't they don't say anything but um maybe they don't and then nothing changes at all but if I do speak up and then I have that conversation with either the person that was speaking over or whatever the situation was or with the person who thinks that I was standing up for them and they don't need to be stood up for then we're at least having a dialogue and we're working through mm-hmm. issues and we're addressing, we're mm-hmm. addressing the problem and, mm-hmm. and we're being human with one another. <laughs> I'd rather have that conversation. I'd rather be in that uncomfortable position compared to not saying anything at all. And the status quo stays the same, which mm-hmm. obviously isn't acceptable. Right. Right. Mm. Right. That's, That's what I was saying. I think a good example is just communicating. Like you, like, like you said, Ben, if you're in that boardroom meeting, even if you don't say anything in that moment, it's bound to happen again because that's what it's like being a woman in those spaces. So you can approach that that female colleague and say, I noticed that so-and-so was speaking over you or you didn't get to make your entire point. Is there a way that I can advocate for you? Is there a way that I can be an ally to you if I see something like this happen again and I'm there? I think opening up that dialogue solves a lot of problems. Mm. Interesting. So addressing the person who may need assistance, but post the situation, make it about the individual, not about the circumstance. Is that what I'm hearing? Like give, give them the opportunity to tell you if they want your help or not. Yeah, I think I think just communicating whether you speak up in that moment and then have the conversation afterward if they respond negatively or whether you wait until afterward and let that particular moment pass and and wait to talk to them after for future occasions. I think either way, it's just about having a dialogue, having a conversation, being willing to listen and ask people what they need from you. Hmm. Okay. Well, in the less, you know, not, not trying to, you know, find my way out of it. I just wanted, you know, definitely understand because in a less professional circumstance, the bar was brought up earlier. You're in a situation where a guy is making you feel uncomfortable. In that situation, it is probably not going to be a post situation. It, it's going to be a, you're going to need to interject right away type deal. If, if if it appeared but then you don't want to make the wrong assumption like oh he's definitely making her feel uncomfortable or maybe this is just how they communicate or like where where does where does the line come from i think it's got to be obvious you can ask right right you can ask like you know what i mean like i've been in that situation to where you literally i literally Mm -hmm. will walk up and be like girl are you okay are you safe like do we talk like exactly Exactly. i I don't have no other way to do this like are you okay And that's mm-hmm. that's just it. Mm-hmm. And again, you're so you don't have to like read minds. 
Mm-hmm. Say it again. Right. Interesting. So, but like, as but as a guy, if another guy is already making her feel uncomfortable, it probably is reassuring if a if a woman walked up. But it probably might not be as reassuring if six two, three hundred pound black guy Kenny walks up. I don't think for so. Me, for me, it would so. be. I, I would rather a dude. I would rather a dude. Yes, yes. you can. Here, you can. Yes, you can exactly, exist yes. and operate in that space in a way that another woman can't. If another woman comes up, she might be fearful of what this man is going to do. You know, so mm-hmm. I think. And, and again, not to assume that all men are just re- strapping and ready to fight at all times. <laughs> like obviously, I'm not saying that, of course, yeah. but I think that. That, you know, arguably, I would I would argue that most men may be more comfortable speaking to other men than a woman would be approaching a man in a situation that could go left. And it doesn't have to be bad if there's lots of, like, videos and, and literature out about bystander inter- intervention and a way to intervene in those kinds of situations that isn't combative and that doesn't escalate what's already happening. Mm-hmm. And what's also unfortunate is that that man is more likely to respond in a respectful way to another man than than he would to another woman. Let's be real. (laughs) Exactly. 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 Yep. It's, it is a, it was a great idea, Ben, for these two to be on this show. Cause I promise you, (laughs) I'm out here looking like looking like King Kong, walking like Yogi Bear, because I'm not trying to fight anybody, but there's a bystander opportunity, bystander intervention opportunities still out there that aren't as combative. It makes, it makes perfect sense. My big thing is I'm selfish with my safety. It just is what it is. I am super selfish with my safety. I'm a hyper defensive driver, and I'm not a big, like, I'm not I'm not going to get in a fight if I don't have to. Like the handful of fights that I showed up to, the other guy didn't show up. And so I was like, "Phew. I don't have to fight anybody today." <laughs> that's a great that's great news. <laughs> but it makes sense. It makes sense that there's still opportunity. It's just about I it's oh man, it it does require you to be more attentive though. I'd have to be right. more aware of what's going on and not just in my own headspace. So I guess the expectation is that society moving forward becomes more communal. We become more of a community to protect each other. I think it starts with that that communication and being Yeah, less. do you guys watch that show, What Would You Do? Sometimes, yes. yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yes, that's like a prime example of like of what we're talking about. Like if you're in a bar and you see something, are you going to say something? Are you going to do something? Yes. And I see a lot of people in those episodes will find really smart, passive ways to go about it. So, you know, Ken, if you're if you're at a bar and you see a girl being harassed and you don't want to start a fight, you can go up to the bartender and say, hey, I think that girl down there looks in trouble or tell the, the bouncer. They're way they work there. That's what they're there for. So I think there's always something that you can do. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Now, because you're, you're still your intentions are still pure and good. You want to make sure mm-hmm. everyone's safe. And, mm-hmm. and then you take that you know, where Kenny, where you mentioned, you get inside your own head, you take that out of it. Yeah. 
Yeah, because instead of now me trying to figure this out by myself, mm-hmm. this is the establishment's responsibility. Letting them know, hey, I don't know what's going on over there. She looks kind of concerned. I would just swing by. And you're right, it is their job, you know, security, the bouncers to make everything go well. That's exactly what I would do in most situations. I'm calling the cops. I'm not jumping in. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. If you get punched next to me no, and I don't know you, you just got punched. <laughs> I'll help you file the report. I'll let them know what the face tattoo they, they had. But ain't no need. Kevin, Kevin Hart said it best. Ain't no need for us to both have black eyes. Then we can't drive home. <laughs> I'm not doing this. But that makes sense. That's That was phenomenal insight. That was great. Yeah, and we dove into every aspect of exactly what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, I have no further questions or anything. I mean, anything else you guys want to add? I'm, 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 I thought this was awesome. I was about to say, how do we create more champions? We have people listening. You know, what are the, what are the things guys should be on the lookout <laughs> or people in general just There's being on the lookout people. for? I would say to put yourself in the, in that position. Like, what would you want? Like you said earlier, what ideally. How would you want someone to respond if you were in a vulnerable position? Do mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Empathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have much of that. Much we're going to work on that, one. Kenny. Exactly. That's the project. This, okay? Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. Kenneth. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Like, oh perfect example. Gosh. Noel, while I was in New York City and I hopped on one of the subways, like somebody was sprinting up to the door mm-hmm. and the sign says, don't put your hand in the closing door. So I did not put my hand in the door. They got locked outside and I just changed my music. Oh Move my away gosh. From the- oh my Bad. gosh. This is, <laughs> this is the way I live my life. I'm just going to have to work on empathy. If I'm going to be a champion oh for anybody. Yeah. That's what I want you to work on in 2021. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, 2021. <laughs> Resolution number one, be the people's champ. Got it. I'm about to John Cena the heck out of 2021. Hell yeah. All right. Anything else that, you know, our listeners can do just to be better for the people around them, building better, closer community? I mean, I'd say listening. Like, I, I think, again, just as, as, we've, as we've discussed before, as Ben mentioned and everything, just like having conversation, being open to dialogue, being willing to listen and ask what is needed and not assume that you know and, and you know, having those conversations even if they're uncomfortable. Wow. Ditto. Awesome. That is <laughs> such a great way to go out. 100%. <laughs> want to again thank you both so much for taking the time out of your super busy schedules and you know coming to the end of the year of what was the most hectic unpredictable not great sharknado volcano earthquake that we've ever seen but we want to thank you so much for the perspective that you offer the uh you know at the end of the day, like we said before, two guys sitting here trying to talk about how other people should feel is pretty tough to sell. And it's really good to have, you know, such amazing people, you know, bringing their opinions and their experiences. So thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for having me. I enjoyed myself. 
good. Thank you, guys. That's what it's all about. It yes. was great. Well, as we always end our shows, we weren't these guys before. We definitely are now. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everyone.